0: welcome to a great episode of sports matters i am your host kevin drake and sitting across from me you know who it is mr matt burt sports how you doing this morning
1: not too bad how are you
0: good we got california burning be careful out there the cleveland national forest sparked up out of nowhere i was in the middle of a bike ride and all of a sudden i just saw this massive vortex of smoke pretty scary it's fire season it is so just we just gotta be really careful and be really smart out there in these dry conditions you know the littlest thing can set off a big fire like that and before you know it it's out of control be careful out there the air quality is not going to be as great today with all this fires burning there's a lot of things going on in the sporting world so much going on i mean you got the nfl we have some really good inside information about rams camp even uci men's basketball teams in south korea right now having a good old time well i got a nice little saying right here at the end of the day it is all about relationships People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know who said that? McVeigh. Yes. It's a good quote. It's a great quote. Very inspiring, and what a great start to the season they're going to be having. Hopefully they can get Aaron Donald signed. I know it's business side of it.
1: Business side, they'll figure it out. But kind of to touch on that, I, like, I know he cares, but yes. it, you can, I could can be the coach, and I care about these Rams and have no idea what I'm doing. And then they lose every his
0: hands-on approach to coaching, just what we see in training camp, and I see how well the players receive that. And they really, they're learning a lot from him.
1: Yes, obviously they're learning a lot from him, but he still, he is a genius on the Offensive side of the football, I get it. Like his, it's a feel good quote, and that he's he cares about his sides of the ball. I know he's school. yeah, he's played both sides yeah. of the ball. He knows, yeah. but but he is in the NFL. He's an offensive genius. Yes, like him saying that, I know you care. Now, what was, but, you what was, also know about offense.
0: Now, what was Eric Weddle saying? He was saying about the run-pass option is going to be obsolete in, in, the, in the several years. Defenses will figure it out, and they'll shut it down like they did the Wildcat.
1: I tend to agree with him. Yeah. Anything, you you know, for a long time, I've looked at Eric Weddle and been like, oh, he's very smart, man. When he was playing with the Targers, he was came off as very intelligent. He's highly in intelligent. Post-game. He Actually,
0: is. I work with a guy that's, uh grew up with him, played uh, high school football with him, and they're still great friends, and that's what he says. He's, he's a big Fan of the Baltimore Ravens. He was mm-hmm. giving me heck. He's like, Oh, your Rams going to Baltimore. I'm like, Well, it's preseason. Yeah. Don't get too excited. But we'll have him on the show. Definitely, that'd be good. you know, down the line. Yeah, that'll be good. But speaking of the NFL, the rule changed. I wanted to touch on this last week, but uh the 15-yard penalty for lowering your head and initiate contact with helmet. Possible ejection. Now I know. Did you watch the Hall of Fame game? I did not. Okay, so there was a lot more fouls that were thrown, a lot of flags that were thrown, even on some legal hits, and I think a lot of people overreact on that the officials do that for reason just to get the players adjusted to the new rules. Obviously they'll scale back on some of those fouls that they were calling that were totally legal and then the players were getting a little bit of frustrated. Actually I got like what Akeep Talib had to say about it and I can kick that on right now and you can hear what the professional athletes think.
2: But yeah.
3: well, they're just trying to keep the game safe trying to you know keep guys healthy and uh I think it's good for the game uh, we just got to adjust.
1: Do you, is that a challenge adjusting to, how, you
2: know, how you tackle
3: or how you approach Well, some them? guys, it's definitely going to be a challenge for some guys. But, you know, me personally, I'm a leg tackler, so nothing changed for me. But do, does any of that
4: stuff with in terms of lowering the head and where your head has to be, it, how do you fix, like, what you guys have, you know, sometimes it's just instinct? Well, I mean,
3: well, I mean guys just got to adjust, man. They're trying to, they're trying to have guys healthy when they retire, you know. So, I mean... It's good for the tackler, it's good for the for the offensive guy. So man, it's part of the game. Uh, we adjusted to a lot of things so far. So uh, it's just another thing that we have to adjust to. When
4: uh, the officials were talking to us today, we were asking about the presentation that they gave you guys, and they said, you know, every year if there's a change like with what defensive players can do, they're kind of scream, you know, saying, hey, what well, you know, what's going on with yeah. that? What What was your reaction to what they were talking about last night in terms like, we of? we gave the, you a hard know? time about the. Uh, they
3: said they put an the emphasis on legal contact and right. things like that. So. I mean, it's, it's something every year. You know, they put emphasis on something every year. So we just got to get, we just got to adjust, man. That's, a, that's mm-hmm. why we pros, man. We can adjust on the fly. You know what I'm saying? We adapt to all kind of situations. So they're calling it close, man. We just got to be a little bit softer. Uh, you know, they want the offense to score 40. You know what I'm saying? What I we got. So, you know what I'm We know what kind of deep we're in. <laughs> I was going to ask that. It seems like most of the changes are the Oh, definitely. Definitely, man. Uh, it's, you want to sell tickets in this league. You score points, you sell tickets, you know what I'm they, they lean the game towards selling tickets, you know? So, you know, us defensive guys, man, we, we get together. We still make our plays. We all right?
2: key kind of adjustment,
3: too, especially on the quarterback sliding up, they can slide head first
5: and then they still get protection? How much of an adjustment is that?
3: Oh, that's, that's like the easiest part of all the rules, you <laughs> know? It's really... They dive head first, they down where they started at. So a lot of guys dive for first downs, really they're not gonna get first downs for that now. You know what I'm saying? So if you want that first down, you got to run for it and get hit. So that's really a good, good adjustment for the defense.
5: Akeem, a few years ago um, when you were with Wade, could you have envisioned uh, now when he's walking around in a Fortnite (laughs)
3: t-shirt? You can envision anything with Wade, man. Coach Wade, you never know what's gonna happen, what he gonna say, what kind of shirt he gonna wear. You never know, man, so. Fortnite wasn't out then, but I would I could have envisioned like a Call of Duty shirt or something like that.
5: Has he changed very much from when you last met with him?
3: Same, same coach, same guy. So with Keeb, you guys are going to Baltimore. Mm-hmm.
4: Michael Crabtree. What is there anything, residual effects of anything from you guys matching up?
3: Nah man, it's just do to get some work, I'm just going to play football.
4: So you don't, you don't expect anything? I mean, is, do those kind of things nope. just get put behind you? Or yeah, I'm just put... going
3: to play football, so as always, thank you. All right, thank you. thanks very much.
0: Well, that was the key to leave, you know, talk a little bit about the helmet rules. So, also, too, that's another new rule If you start a dive or a slide, doesn't matter where you start, that's where you're down. You're declaring yourself down, almost like the college rules, so to speak. When the knee's down, you're down.
1: Well, I mean, like, that's a smart move.
0: It is. So that kind of benefits the defense there. Yes, on the other portion of it, you know, we talked about the wrap and tackle, you know, leading with the head. You can't have those big hits, so it's going to eliminate some of those big hits.
1: I feel like he... Like, I agree with the keep the lead like he doesn't tackle like that I've never seen him lead with his helmet from what I've seen and when he's talked about that I kind of thought about that I like, like how
0: he said I'm a leg tackler yeah it's smart yeah. the rugby
1: yeah. tackle that's kind of what the, they, they should teach at the lower levels of football regardless when this was interviewed he was about to go to Baltimore and play Michael Crabtree and they ended up going to Baltimore nothing happened
0: no so they're it's, so it's, professional it's, athletes they're able to put those differences aside this is a new season they're there to get work, they're there to get in season, and what happened, happened.
1: They asked Hakeem Tlaib those kind of questions about the rule changes. I mean, like, he's very very PC about it, but I feel like they should be asking different people on the Rams.
5: (laughs) You're
0: going to hear from Coach McVay what his thoughts are. In fact, we can just go ahead and put that on right now.
5: Changes were, these were things that, you know, had been kind of heavily discussed at the owners' meetings and different things like that, and, you know, the biggest takeaway is, you know, as far as, you know, keeping that out of the game, And, and really, this isn't anything new. In terms of some of the fundamentals, the techniques, the way that our guys are coaching how to tackle, uh, all geared towards you know making our game safer and, and, and doing it in a smart way, knowing that it is a physical game, and uh, as much as we can take the head out of it with the proper techniques and the fundamentals, and the way that they'll penalize if you're not using it you know the right way. Um, those were kind of the biggest takeaways, and then obviously the catch rule. But uh, they always have a couple points of emphasis. But the biggest thing is you know just being smart with with how we use the helmet and how we coach those techniques, which is exactly how we've been coaching them for the last year of years. Sean,
4: with that helmet rule, do you think your guys will be pretty clean in that first preseason game or do you think it'll take maybe a game or two to work
5: you know i think they'll be clean you know because those are the, uh, the fundamentals the techniques that we've been coaching rich the biggest thing that is going to be the challenge is on some of those situations where you're a defender you try to keep your head out of that play and then that target changes on some of those bang bang type plays and we got to do a great job of trying to be you know accurate with that helmet placement you know being in those target areas that are legal uh from a standpoint of what we're trying to get done. And those are things that, that our defensive coaches are really coaching. And then with the offensive guys, especially, you know, keeping their head out of it when the ball's in their hands, you know, those are the things that we've got to be mindful of and do a great job emphasizing.
4: Is there any kind of a frustration when you know that the guy wasn't trying to do that? It's just where everything timed out.
5: Yeah, you know, and those are the tough types of plays, Vinny. And those are the situations that you talk about and you'll be interested to see how they play out because inevitably there are going to be a couple plays that uh guy's trying to get his head out of it that changes at the last second and his head might be the first thing to contact the player's body. Uh, but we'll try to avoid those at all costs. And just like anything else, as you go through this experience you continue to learn and uh, find out better ways to educate really your players and, and, and do a good job of giving them clarity so they can play with you know, a quieted mind. Sean, can
4: you give us an update on what's happening with Gerald Everett? It, was, it didn't seem like he was out here today. And...
5: Yeah, we're figuring it out right now, Gary. He's He had a little shoulder ding last uh, yesterday. Um, you know, we're still waiting for the final results in terms of what's going on with that, but uh, we'll have some further, you know, we'll, we'll find out exactly a little bit about what's going on a little bit later today from Reggie and his staff. Is that something that's potentially serious? Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say. You know, those shoulders are, are such tough situations to deal with in terms of is it a labrum, how does that really affect it, you know, but some of the, it's something with his posterior shoulder. We'll find out more specifically about that. And then uh, Matt Longacre and LaMarcus Joyner, what's happening yeah. with uh, You know, really with LaMarcus, just a, just a little soreness in his Achilles, just being smart with him. And then Matt had a little tweak in his bicep, and you know, we'll find out the severity of that as well, you know, with Gerald and him later on today. Back to the rules, uh, is there any adjustment that you anticipate offensive or defensive players having to make with the slide rule now? No, I think really just in terms of declaring yourself down, you know, you're not gonna see those quarterbacks when they're protected, be able to dive forward and get those additional five, six yards in terms of where that ball's spotted. So whether you're diving forward or whether you're sliding, you know, you're declaring yourself down and that ball's going to be spotted right there. So I think those types of situations are, are what they're trying to prevent when guys would slide head first, but they're still protected players, specifically those quarterbacks, and you end up spotting them an extra five yards where they go down. Sean,
3: more, crash Yesterday, yesterday
5: um, kind of addressing. the situation practice are afraid to mess up because it might be on social media um, or just they're afraid of the social media aspect of, of a mistake. Do you have to talk to your guys about that or anything of that sort about, you know, practice okay, and time to make mistakes? Yeah, no, I think really the biggest thing is whether you're competing in a game or out here at practice, you know, we talk about we never fear failure. And, you know, you always go for success and trust your techniques, trust your fundamentals. But we've got a lot of guys that, you know, I think that's a big thing that we really emphasize is not fear and failure and, and with the confident demeanor that we have. And as long as you can trust exactly, you know, what you're supposed to do, there's going to be times that you wish you had plays back. There's times that I know I wish I had decisions back. But as long as we're doing everything in our power to give ourselves the best chance to have success, that's an inevitable part. But that's part of the mental toughness that we talk about with our team.
0: all So that was Sean McVay right there talking a little bit about uh, the rule changes uh, as well as some injury updates. I was there live there on uh, Thursday that was Thursday's practice. Things happen you know, as far as injuries are concerned, but uh, but you hear, hear what he says, too. He also talks about the, the diving forward now. Now you're going to be down where you start to dive. Same way with the slide. I think that kind of benefits the defense, but I like what to Talib says is like, if you want to go for that first down, he goes, you're going to get hit. <laughs> I love it.
1: It's true, and that's how they're trying to make the game safer by implementing rules that they find in college football that make sense for the NFL. In terms of what Sean McVay was saying, I think he was kind of he realizes that there's an adjustment period for them. What impressed me the most about Sean McVay, you don't really find that kind of, no. in a coach or anyone in general, to have that kind of demeanor that he has. It's very special.
0: Not only has a great demeanor, but he just has such high energy. He's just so focused on teaching them the right way. But the nice thing about it is with these new rule changes and then with them coming into uh, camp, they're implementing those changes right there on the spot. So they're going to come into the season with these new rule changes like to Talib says, hey, we're Professional athletes, and we can change on the flies. But they're implemented in this entire camp. They got four preseason games to work it out before the start of the season but guess what? So does the other 31 NFL teams as well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I'm saying. It's like, it's really easy to look at yourselves in practice and think you're a good team. It'll be interesting to see them play in Baltimore and if Goff will play and all that interesting sure, stuff.
0: Sure. I'm sure he's going to play a little bit. You know, Mannion's going to get some work and you know, a lot of those guys will, but with these rule changes is it really puts more emphasis on the defensive line. Gosh, we got to get Aaron Donald signed, which I know they will. LA Rams is a very well-run organization and they're going to find a way to work something now get a happy medium between those two that's part of the business but i tell you what the defensive line where you build up a line like the rams have that way you get the pressure on the quarterback right away you can stop the run
1: it'll be interesting to see what the how that all ends up but it's not quite resolved so it's tough to talk about but speaking
0: of the rams depth okay running back we know who they have they have todd Gurley, the stud the mvp candidate they got malcolm brown they got justin thomas but they also have the sixth round draft picked who i think was a steal in the draft from tennessee john kelly 5 foot 10 215 pounds the guy i mean he can run the ball he he's a pass catcher protects the quarterback in case you don't know he played with uh alvin kamara and when Kamara left, he really stepped up his duties, and he did everything. Caught for many yards in Tennessee. He rushed the ball. He protected the quarterback. I had an opportunity to talk to him, so I am gonna cue that up right now because you gotta listen to him. His his confidence.
2: John, I know you're from uh, Detroit, Michigan. I grew up in Cincinnati. How are you enjoying the Southern California weather? Oh <laughs> uh, man! Well, first of all, Ohio sucks. <laughs> nah, but it's nice out here though, man. It's uh, it's hot, but it feels good though. Yeah, it it, does, it's more of that dry heat because, you know, back home, we have that humidity, you know, and that really makes a big day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. too bad, but the sun, man, it's something I can get used to. I, I'll definitely say that it's something I could definitely get used to. It's nice, it feels nice out here. It, it'll spoil you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> hey, I, I used to say the same thing about Tennessee, but I mean, it was a little, it was a little, it wasn't as good as this, you know. No,
0: no, it, it, it's nice weather there, but it does get a little humid there, as you know. You played four years there, so. um Football question for you. I know after. Uh, Leading in Tennessee, what are the challenges of being both? I mean, you're a runner, a pass catcher, and be, and happen to protect a quarterback. What are the challenges of that going into the pros?
2: so uh, I mean, you know, really, I feel like with Tennessee, they they was they prepared me, you know, just to be fundamentally sound. So, as far as the adjustment to going into the pros. I feel like it's just like the speed of the game, you know, making sure you're in the right position, in the right spots at the right time. So as far as coming down, blocking the guy, or going out in the route and catching the ball or just running it, I mean, I was prepared a long time ago for that. So, you know, I'm just being out here, it's a different game speed, so it's pretty good. I feel like the adjustment's going well, though, you know. That's great. So you're seem to be adapting to the, the offense pretty well then? Oh yeah, most definitely. Definitely. I feel like we all we all bond together. You know, everybody from the vets to the rookies, you know, they all Helping each other, we're all helping each other, and we definitely all pushing each other and competing every day at practice. It's like you're a band of brothers. And I know even last year, just the, just to bring of together this team and the, and the energy that Coach McVay. Brings oh yeah, to Coach, the yeah, team. Coach McVay, the man. I just up
0: off on the year when he's like hands on. I see him out there running rounds. So. <laughs> yeah, Coach McVay, yeah, he the man. Coach McVay, the man for sure. And uh, you know, close out here. What fun activities do you like to do other than playing football? I know you've only been out here for a short while, but uh,
2: skateboarding. Bowling. bowling. I bowling. like to bowl. I'm not that good though. Don't don't ask me a score. You ever go? Uh, do you ever go up against Mr. Hemingway? Because he says he's quite a bowler. Well, no, I heard though. I heard that he was an animal, but I ain't had a chance to go up against him. But I, you know, in any fun night, I might, I might get a chance to, you know, we go out, everybody go bowling and everything. But for the most part, I be chilling. Well, I appreciate your time, Mr. Oh, Kelly. Oh, man, appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, good luck to you, man. Oh, yeah, thank they, you. They need a player like you to change pace. You know? uh, yeah, sure. We're going to do something. We're going to make it shake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, appreciate Take it. Take care. You too.
0: We're going to make it sick. I love that. I love the confidence that he just brings in. A rookie coming out of Tennessee, but he's prepared. He's ready for this. This is the opportunity, and he's ready to take advantage of it fun guy to talk to i like
1: sounds it, like you know,
0: it. it's hard to talk to the big names like you shot high you went for the big, big oh big, I, sh- big I always names. shoot
1: high and because i wanted to ask some fun questions but i get shot down just be prepared to get b- boxed out every everyone you deserves... have only
0: two questions to ask Ndamukh and the domic and sue so make sure there are the questions you want to ask them I, yeah.
1: I all i have to say is I just want a little five-minute or less time with a big-name player demo tape.
0: But, yes, (laughs) next week, artist Twyman will be on the show, the senior director of communications of the Los Angeles Rams. He will be a nice returning guest, and we'll get to learn a little bit more about him and also what he's been up to the last year and how excited he is about this upcoming season as the Rams certainly have
1: the depth. Well, we also have another team in Southern California, the L.A. Chargers. We do. We who do. I mean, after thinking about it, the Chargers were pretty good last year. They could be pretty good this year. So you think
0: about when they start off 0 and 4, and then and then they finish the season 9 and 3.
1: And they clearly have some talent. We also saw hands first on that joint
0: practice. That Joey Bosa and, and Ingram, just a, just those edge rushers that just could just plow through anybody.
1: <laughs> well, it was the defense over anything. The Chargers last year, their defense was. Unbelievable, especially in the back half of the season. And then you kind of look at their offense. If Keenan Allen could stay healthy, Melvin Gordon and Phillip Rivers and everyone else, they're going to be pretty good.
0: They're (laughs) in a tough division, but yes, because you got the improving Raiders. You still have the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Speaking of division, that's where I was trying to lead this to by saying the Chargers (laughs) was.
0: Telepathic ways. I I just had a feeling what you're going to talk about, but go ahead. Do do you?
1: (laughs) At the Broncos camp. Are you aware of what's going on at the Broncos camp? No, enlighten us. Okay. So the punter, Marquette King, former Oakland Raider punter, now Denver Bronco punter. He's a colorful personality. I mean, he's very entertaining. He's been on commercials and stuff like that. Marquette King, he and this guy, Darren McKee, a local Denver affiliate radio station. They got into it because Darren McKee kept asking questions and Marquette King would give very short responses and the guy called him out on it. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, (laughs) you want to know something like i also have a sports talk radio show if the guy doesn't want to talk about something maybe you should change the topic so what marquette king didn't want to talk about was football he wanted to talk about other things let's just talk about let him him talk about that's exactly and then it's just more note about him he basically says best of luck punting the ball in denver somehow our show will survive without you marquette king responds he tweets at marshawn lynch he's like and now i know how you feel Pretty much to Marshawn Lynch, who is very anti-media in general. And then this they've been just going back and forth. And this guy is just like tweeting, like, Marquette King isn't signing autographs. He's doing that. And then you have all these teammates sticking up for him. And it's just basically like the media versus the punter. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. How petty. It's spiraling out of control right now.
0: Just adds a little spice to the AFC West with all these great teams. Switch over to MLB. I love it. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, when we were talking about it, it was still the trade deadline was going on. And you were talking about Chris Archer. Well, he finally got dealt. But the Chicago Cubs picked up Cole Hamels. and what a nice pickup for the Cubs.
1: It was a good pickup. Him and then the Dodgers making another big Ryan splash. Brian Dozer. Dozier. I don't know how to say Dozier, that. Dozier. It's, Dozier. it's like dozer. It's like tomato, tomato. Like a bulldozer. I think that's how you say like a bulldozer. <laughs> to snag him. That's a big pickup. That's a huge, so, huge pickup for the Dodgers. Dodgers are looking good. However, I will say this. Being devil's advocate, who do they have at pitcher?
0: I don't know. The Astros really wolfed them pretty good over the weekend Uh, yes yes they took two out of three but Verlander went to distance in one game then the second game they won 14 to nothing that being the Astros and then finally the Dodgers got the win on Sunday three to two
1: I mean like you had to go up against Justin Verlander yeah Garrett Cole,
0: Dallas Keuchel. If you ask me, what are the two best teams in baseball right now? Let's say the Red
1: Sox and the Houston Astros. And the records would indicate that, right? True. The Red Sox on paper are pretty good. The Astros on paper are like, what? This is amazing. And then you also, you think about it. The Astros haven't had Carlos Correa the entire year, who was a vital member to their team. They just
0: lost uh, another player for a couple of weeks, Springer. Yeah, Springer. Yeah.
1: That's a that's the next what I was they about have to the say. Third best bullpen when Osuda gets well, he is. He just pitched last night. Okay, so he's on. He pitched last nice. night, scoreless innings, got the win because of a walk off. That's home only going
0: to make them even more stronger. I mean, that's huge in the playoffs. You want to have a great bullpen.
1: You want to have a great bullpen. I mean, that's why how the Giants won the World Series in twenty ten. 2012 that's
0: won it in 1990 and then they uh, put way back I, they, I got a few people listening in from cincinnati brian ronick what's up buddy okay
1: bullpen wins championships and then at that point you need to still have that scoreless kind of mentality going into the rest of the game which you have with the bullpen and the middle relievers are the most important part of of the formula because what's going to happen in the 7th the 8th and the ninth? you needed three good relievers many teams are starting to copy that formula that's why you saw the Yankees go out and get bullpen help that's why you saw well, they the just Astros really need it. they desperately needed it the Astros Dodgers didn't get any help in the bullpen
0: no, I mean, they have a pretty decent bullpen as it is. So I don't know what the plans are, if
1: they're going to bring some guys up. The A's got help in the bullpen. And the A's have been one of the best teams in all baseball in the past couple of weeks. Especially with the money ball. The money ball. Yeah. They got they, they uh, the still money don't that rolling. formula. I don't, I don't, they haven't been having as much of the money ball formula, but they still do get rid of players as much. That A's team is really good. The A's team has some offense, and they got some really good bullpen pitchers. They're a team that's going to surprise people. And when you get to the MLB playoffs, usually the team with the best record and the best season doesn't win.
0: Right. It's not a guarantee. However, the Astros, I think, are solid. And the Red Sox, yes, they have the best record in baseball. It doesn't guarantee they're going to make it to the World Series because the Astros is one of those teams that won it last year. Even in the National League, I still say it'll probably come down to the L.A. Dodgers and the Chicago Cubs. The fact that the Cubs won it a couple years ago. The fact that the Dodgers were in it last year. So they know how to get there. It's just a different scenario once you get in a postseason. You kind of know what to expect. You're not as nervous. And guys tend to step up
1: tend to step up especially in the postseason the Houston Astros are clearly the most experienced team going into the end of the season Boston Red Sox besides that they've been really good this season but I don't see them in the playoffs versus the Astros beating the Astros it's going to be
0: a tall order it's like it's not a guarantee Best of seven, but that could be very well be the ALCS. Who could say that New York Yankees could get hot in the postseason?
1: Well, they need to get Aaron Judge back. Yes. That's the priority number one. Right. They, because- they need
0: that because their engine is kind of stalling out on offense. Because without Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton is not as productive. You know, all the people around it. But when you have Aaron Judge in the lineup, it just makes him more formidable.
1: You have to think about when you're playing the Yankees, you have to pitch to one of them. Because if you walk one, then you have this next guy, D.D. Gray, Gregorius, who's a pretty good hitter, and then behind him, the
0: Cincinnati Reds, farm system, I know, wish we never got rid of him. What a Hicks. cool name, huh? D.D. Gregorius. His
1: amazing name. And then you have Hicks after that, yes. and then you have just, you have when he's healthy, Gary Sanchez. You have so many batters, but when you take one out, take Judge out, who's arguably the f- best hitter besides Stanton. I mean, like in terms of, of overall power, they're probably even. So you take Judge out, you don't have to pitch to Stanton, and then you take, you take your chances with the rest of those guys. You take 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 your chance against D.D. Gregorius. You take your chance against Gary Sanchez. Why? Because they have a less of a chance. I'm not saying it's a high chance, but they have less of a chance of not punishing you for a mistake. Rather, if Judge...
0: They're not going to take you yard. They're not going to take you yard. But they are 300 hitters, so they they will get get on base. But it's right, it's not as damaging as it could be with Aaron Judge, like you said, with his power, because he'll make you pay.
1: And then with the Red Sox, or the Red Sox side of things, you have kind of the same formula as the Yankees they they picked up Ian Kinsler at the at the deadline who is subsequently just went on the DL isn't that crazy but you have Mookie Betts who in my opinion if I were to have an AL MVP vote which I don't but I'm going to say it Mookie Betts wins the AL MVP it's tough to say because prediction prediction, it's either him either him or Mike Trout will win the MVP Mookie Betts is having his best statistical season because he hasn't played that many seasons. <laughs> so, I mean, Mookie yeah. Betts is something special. I think we're watching a, a prime, two prime time players right now in the AL with Trout and Betts. And then, you, and then on the other side is you have Betts has a lot of power. And then you go next up, J.D. Martinez has a lot of power. Yes. So it's just, it's like pick your poison with that. They snagged him from Arizona, right? Yep. yep. He got traded yeah. from the Detroit Tigers over to Arizona, and he put up some numbers. Yes, he did. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I personally think the Astros, when healthy, are one of the best teams that we've seen a long time in baseball.
0: And they're experienced, and, and they're like bamboo. They bend but don't break. You know, just how they won the World Series. You know, They bend but they don't break. They won it on the road. So it's just going to be a tough team to beat. I'm not counting the Boston Red Sox out. I'm not counting the Yankees out. I'm not even counting your Oakland A's out, but it's a little bit going be more of a tall order. It's just the Astros have the experience. To me, they're the king of the hill right now because they're defending world champions, and it's up to these other teams are having extraordinary seasons to it's their challenge to knock off the champs. You want to be the champs? Well, guess what? You got to knock off the champs to get there.
1: Yeah, well that's how it goes. Yeah. And and then on the other side of things, the Dodgers are looking good, but I mean like the one thing that I say I will say, where's the pitching? They had a, an opportunity to go after a get someone a I decent I mean they're standing arms. pat
0: to what they have, so we'll see what happens. If they can string together some wins, they definitely got the offensive power now. They do have the offensive power. They I mean, pick it up Machado, then pick it up uh, Dozier. I mean,
1: <laughs> Dozier, bulldozer, Bulldo- whatever you want to call him, Dozer. I don't, I don't know. Dozier. It sounds like uh, French. I, yeah, Dozier. The French won the World Cup. Uh, no, I'm the, that, that's to me. That sounds like a tennis player when you say it, it's like Dozier wins again. Oh, Wimbledon. The Dodgers are looking good, but I will say that there's a lot of teams in the NL that are pretty good right now. They're
0: pretty. Pretty good, but when you give the experience LA Dodgers, Chicago Cubs, I think those are the top two teams in the NL. Yes, you got the Brewers are having a decent season, and I don't even know what's going on in the NL East. Yes, you got the young Braves that are uh, doing pretty well. The, the baby Braves. seem like they're just... Some, something's not right with that team this year.
1: Yeah, there's something not right. There's got to be something in the clubhouse. I mean, Max Scherzer and Strasburg got into a little yelling match during the game once, and... and it's just, I. There's gotta have some turmoil.
0: You gotta have a healthy clubhouse. Now, look, my Cincinnati Reds are in last place right now. However, they have a great clubhouse, and since riggleman took over. They've been playing right at 500 ball, which is good. You know, they're a very young team promising, and they're going to be better. They're going to be better next year, and hopefully they could be maybe contend for a wild card. It all depends on pitching. That's what it comes down to. you got to have a healthy clubhouse. you got to have players to help each other out. It can't be this division, and it just seems like there's a lot of not-so-good things going on in the clubhouse, and that really spills over onto the field because you know how it is, Matt. When you have that great camaraderie, I mean, look at the Golden State Warriors and their locker room. I mean, those guys—they checked their egos out the door, and they're they're out for the team.
1: Well, I'll tell That's you
0: why they're winning championships.
1: I'll tell you how that kind of went because literally everyone loves playing with Clay Thompson because he's, he in the locker room. He's just a funny dude. He doesn't care about. But you get my anything. analogy,
0: just with the Nationals. There's yeah, something's not right in their locker room, or yeah, something's not right. Yeah, it's just, it's just not working right now.
1: What I saw was general dislike between two people and if that's the case someone's got to go I, but that's, that's uh, the thing it's yeah. like you have this beautiful pitchy like oh steven strasburg so yeah. good and they all oh, max scherzer he's when one of the best chemistry if,
0: and if there's a piece not working then that's a tough call that a general manager is gonna have to make
1: if you're the nationals you're, you're gonna have to deal with bryce I know the baby Braves have some really good players. They're fun.
0: I know we're starting to run out of time here, but uh, no, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting what these young teams are doing. But we got another very young team that's over in South Korea, the UCI men's basketball team.
1: Yes, they're, they're putting up some numbers. So they're preseason, essentially...
0: Is going to be done in South Korea, which is really cool. I think it's so cool for these young men to experience.
1: I think it's it's technical this. term is the warm up tournament. That they, they do have one or two preseason, but this is so far out. I mean, it's August, and their first games what November second, right. something like that. That's their first exhibition.
0: I mean, they had a overtime win over South Korea on Sunday, ninety two to ninety. And John Ecker Jr. eighteen points, eight rebounds, one assist. Your man Yassal Warku like fourteen him. points, five rebounds, four assists. And then we just talked about him a few weeks ago, Mister Cartwright from Stanford. You know, playing his final season here, he had fifteen points, five assists, one rebound. What an impact he made! And then. Tom Bindewall's favorite player Tommy Rutherford was six points and ten rebounds. That's good. I, yeah,
1: I, they have some really good forwards, and they can play. They can play and so Rutherford many different. Fits
0: this like this three and D that you were this talking three about
1: three and D. They, there's so many different lineups that you can play with this this team this year. You can go really small, and you could put you could potentially have sure four guards. You could put uh, the Stanford graduate transfer. What was his name? Cartwright. Right, yes. correct. Yep. You could do Worku. You could have Max Hazard.
0: You know Jonathan Galloway. You know he was Jonathan also, Galloway he at the five rebounds, three block shots. At the five. Yeah. Oh my God! That see, that's so got So we took we replaced the seven foot three Giannis Dimakopoulos, the three point shooting seven footer, and now it's more of a quicker, faster team. It's where basketball is kind of heading
1: towards. Yeah,
0: that's exactly where
1: it's at. That's, that's where the game is. Well, in general, what strikes me is the fact that they were able to score 92 points. And then, I, this isn't on the website, but the next game they played yeah, in Japan. Yeah, they played Japan, Japan last night, and they, and they scored 100 points. They scored over 100 points.
0: Yeah. And then they have the Philippines tonight, and then Friday they're going to play Chinese Taipei, and then Sunday they finish out with Russia. Russia, yeah. This,
1: but it's this is just
0: so cool. What a way to, to get this experience. And, you know, they're playing against some formidable opponents as well. And to take that back here... So A more exhibition game, and then the
1: season starts. That, to just to clarify, they're playing colleges in these countries, right, the top colleges right. in these countries. So you're getting some pretty good athletes from these countries. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of shape up for the rest. Uh, but I mean, UCI men's basketball. I said this when we they came out with like recruits that they were getting. I said that they were going to be able to go small. And they are going to be able to score some points. And so far, I've been right. Even though they're playing, I mean, the first game was, what, 225 minutes with overtime? So that means 40... They 45
0: minutes. 45-minute
1: 45 right. quarters? Right. That's a lot.
0: No, no, no. A 40-minute half and then one five-minute overtime. So they play, you know, they're... I'm sorry, 20-minute half, 20-minute half, and then a five-minute...
1: No, 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 no. It's quarters there. So that's so how they play ten it in minute, college. They 10-minute yeah. quarters? Okay. No, okay. it wouldn't be 10 minutes. I think it would be 20-minute quarters. No, it'd be 10 minute quarters,
0: but they play a total of 40 minutes for the game. And then it's a five minute overtime period because there's five players. Five times, you know, 40 minutes is 200 minutes. And then five players times five minutes in overtime period is 25. That's, that's You're right. 225.
1: So, this, yeah, that makes sense. Hey, we're doing some math here on We're doing some matters. math How about so that? So, yeah, so 10 minute quarters. So it's no, not. We'll be doing your kids' homework for you. <laughs> yeah. It's not a normal college basketball, is kind of the point that I was trying to make. Yeah. So, But for them, the, score 90 and then 100, that just shows that this team can score the ball. They definitely can. It's going to be a different brand of UCI basketball. It's going to be exciting. The women's volleyball team
0: is going to be exciting because they're going to be starting up right there, and you know the men's team is also going to do a tour over there. They're going to go to China, Japan, and South Korea. But coming up next, we have Claudia Shambal to ask a leader. So the gold standard. She, yeah, the gold standard. We think highly of. So we got to wrap this up so we can give her some time to switch over of to course. her. But until then, Matt, take it away.